Great to see you, Purpose Church, whether here live or online or at a watch party. We are so, so glad to be together. Uh, God is on the move wherever the people of Purpose Church are, uh, fulfilling our vision of everyone everywhere following Jesus. And what an unbelievable three and a half months that it's been. But what Satan intended for evil, God is working for good. Does anybody want to say amen to that? My goodness. Um, here's what you've done over the last three and a half months. You've fed um, hundreds and hundreds. You've helped hundreds and hundreds of people. Uh, you've shared Christ uh, with people in 120 different nations. That's what you've done. Thousands and thousands of people across every continent except Antarctica and 120 countries and all across the United States as well. I just want to thank our team of staff and volunteers who called almost 5,000 of our households here at Purpose Church uh, to see what their needs uh, were. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, do you know one amazing thing that Pastor Greg told me the other day? Do you know that we've had more people in life groups now than about any other time in our history? Is that crazy or what? And there have been people in our, yeah, and, and then people in these virtual life groups uh, from multiple states and multiple countries. Uh, I want to thank the staff. Could, could we just, I know a lot of them are still outside uh, checking people in, but uh, could we just thank the staff that made it possible for us, uh, particularly those of us that are meeting here. We are so grateful for them. And I want to give a special thank you to the leads of our media team, uh, Peter Wilson and Kyle Hart. I, I came up with a quote that I want to give to them, uh, a special quote from Winston Churchill that he said about the Royal Air Force after the Battle of Britain against Nazi Germany, he said these famous iconic words, never was so much owed by so many to so few. And during this time that we've had to be uh, now a hybrid virtual and live, and then for the last three and a half months just totally virtual, um, I, I would say uh, particularly about Peter and Kyle, Never was so much owed by so many to so few. Uh, could we just let them know that we love them and we appreciate them? And, and I want to thank all of you for your financial faithfulness. It has been unbelievable <laughs> compared to any other church ministry, any other Christian ministry. You guys have just been unbelievably faithful during this time. And I am so uh, very, very grateful. But we are just getting started with what God wants to do through our church in the year 2020. We are just getting going. Acts 22, verse 16. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. We've had people come to Christ uh, during the pandemic, and they want to be baptized. And if you're one of those, uh, this Wednesday, uh, July 1st, from 4 to 8 p.m. in the Community Terrace. So right out here by the children's uh, playground at the Community ta Terrace, this Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m. in the Community Terrace, if you just show up, we're going to uh, baptize uh, anyone who shows up. So if you committed your life to Christ uh, during the pandemic, this is just a great opportunity to show publicly that you want to follow Jesus 
Jesus for the rest of your life. If you'd like more information on that, uh, simply go to PurposeChurch.com. Now, a couple of funny memes, um, pandemic memes, uh, about physical distancing before we start. Remember a couple of years ago, uh, when Pastor Eric and Sarah and Kimberly and I, we taught on the five languages of love. And those five languages are words of encouragement and affirmation, uh, acts of service, quality time, gift giving, and physical touch. Well, I just saw a new pandemic edition called The Four Languages of Love, now without physical touch. And so that one has uh, been eliminated from those. And then another funny one I saw that I loved uh, with David Hasselhoff. Um, remember finger guns uh, from years ago? How many of you remember uh, finger guns? Okay, now that we can't shake hands or come near each other, finger guns are coming back, and I'm pretty psyched about that. So I tell you what, where you are at your watch parties or watching online, or if you're by yourself, just do the finger gun uh, to your computer. Uh, and everybody here that's live, on the count of three, I want you to look around at somebody nearby and give them your finger guns. Ready? One, two, three, finger guns. Yeah, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Now, we're starting a new series today called Living Hope. And it's based on the book of 1 Peter, which is like the perfect book of the Bible for the year 2020. If there, if there is a perfect book for the year 2020, it is the book of, of, of 1 Peter. And the title of today's message is Hope for Hard Times, and it's based on the first 12 verses, 1 Peter 1, verses 1 through 12. Now, the book of 1 Peter is all about how to hang on to hope during difficult times, how to hang on to hope during difficult times. And before we get into it, there's this obscure Old Testament passage in the book of Ezra. It's just tucked away in the dusty attic of the, uh, the Old Testament that I believe describes what we're going through uh, globally, uh, as a nation, individually, uh, what we're going through as a church. As we begin to possibly, slowly, uh, come out of lockdown and the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, to give you the background of this passage, the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 BC. But then 50 years later, it was rebuilt by the Jewish people 50 years later in 536 uh, BC. And we pick up the story now in Ezra 3, uh, verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, the king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord, this new temple, was laid. Verse, verse 12. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, okay, Solomon's temple, wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid while many others shouted for joy. And then verse 13. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far uh, away. Uh, now we're not sure why they were weeping. Uh, Bible scholars are, are unsure about this. Uh, there are three possibilities. Number one, they were thrilled that the new temple was being built, um, so they were weeping for joy. A second possibility 
is this temple was nothing like the Old Testament, the old temple. It was just like a, a, just a faded version of the old, of the glorious temple of Solomon. It just didn't measure up in, in their memories. And so they were weeping out of uh, sorrow. And then number three, a third possibility is maybe it was a combination of the two. Uh, maybe they were happy and they were sad at the same time. And they just wept because it was different. They, they were happy. Yeah, it's being built. They're sad. It's not like it was before. And so it's just different. And so it was a mixture of weeping for joy and weeping for sorrow. Um, uh, maybe you're watching right now online. And you're happy that you can be connected online. Or, or especially with your life groups or your watch parties. And, and you're just so you're happy, yeah, I'm still connected to my church, uh, still connected in this way, but you're also sad because it's just different. Or maybe you're here today, and you're, and, and, and like me, you're happy to be back, but you're sad because it's just not the same as it was on March 8th and before. You're happy, you're sad, but it's just different. And we need to recognize that what we're all going through, whether online or watch parties or here in person, the thing we're all going through is grief. We're going through grief. Pamela Barden, our chief of operations, uh, sent me this article from the Harvard Business Review entitled, The Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief. The discomfort that you're feeling is grief. We're all going through the, the five stages of grief that Kubler-Ross uh, came up with uh, years ago. Uh, number one, denial. This virus won't affect us. Number two, phase two, anger. Uh, you're making me stay home and taking away my activities. Uh, stage three, bargaining. Okay, if I social distance for two weeks, everything will be ready, better, right? Uh, stage four, sadness. I don't know when this is gonna end. Do you know the researchers found that in China, when the pandemic was at its peak, 60 to 80% of the people in China were clinically depressed. 60 to 80% of the people in China at the peak of the pandemic were clinically depressed. And then there's stage five, which is acceptance. This is happening. I have to figure out how I can proceed from this point forward. And now, you know, recently, uh, they've just added a sixth stage of grief, and that stage is meaning or purpose. Uh, what, is the, what, what can I learn from this time of grief? Uh, how can I grow as a person? Uh, how can I find meaning in this grief that I'm going through? And Christ followers, followers of Jesus, have this tremendous advantage uh, when it comes to the meaning part of grief. Because our God can work his good purpose out of any situation. I love that song, Rattle. It is like my new favorite song. Oh my goodness, we should do that. Samantha and Jared, every, every Sunday we should do Rattle. I love that. And, and he can tell the stones to, to roll away, can he? And he can take our grief and he can turn it into something good. So as Christ followers, we have a tremendous advantage because God is in the business. He eats that for lunch that's what he gets up and does for breakfast. He loves taking tough situations and, and bringing meaning and purpose out of them. And if your church is called Purpose Church, you have the greatest advantage of all. 
If that's the name of your church, oh my goodness, you have a tremendous advantage there. Uh, This is our 150th anniversary year as a church. And it has been a doozy, (laughs) hasn't it? And I want you to know that we've now moved our 150th celebration from September 20th, we've moved it to sometime early in the year 2021. And I think this is so appropriate. You know why? We're not gonna celebrate in our 150th year. We're gonna celebrate after we survive our 150th year. Uh, how does that sound? I, I think that just makes sense. I mean, I, I think it's, it's so awesome that God said, you wanna make 150 years? You got one last hurdle to make. And we're gonna celebrate after we've survived it uh, rather than within it. Okay, let's dig into, let's dig into 1 Peter. Uh, who wrote the book of 1 Peter? Well, 1 Peter 1 verse 1 tells us right off the bat, it was Peter that wrote the book of 1 Peter, uh, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That is one of his uh, first 12 disciples, the apostles that, built, that God used to build uh, the early church. Acts 4 uh, verse 13 This is my favorite verse about Peter. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Let's just hold it there on that verse for just a moment. Do you ever feel like you don't have enough education to be used by God? Do you ever feel like you're just too ordinary to be used by God? That's why we all love Peter so much, isn't it? Because they looked at Peter and John and they said they don't have the education they need. They're unschooled. They are ordinary men and women and boys and girls. But then they're astonished because I tell you what, regardless of your education, regardless of the hand that life has dealt to you, regardless of how difficult your, your upbringing was and what you have gone through, regardless of how ordinary you feel, when you spend time with Jesus, you can change the world. And Peter and John and the other disciples, the apostles, were used by God to change the world, and he will change the world through you uh, as well. Okay, when was the book of 1 Peter written? Let me give you a little chronology. Uh, 62 AD, Paul is released from his first imprisonment. Um, This is where we find him under house arrest at the end of the book of Acts. At the end of the book of Acts, we find Paul under house arrest. And so he gets released from that in 62 AD. Uh, 1 Peter is written, 63 AD is when this book that we're studying, that's when that was written. Uh, 64 AD, Paul is re-imprisoned in the Mamertine dungeon, in the Mamertine prison there in Rome, and he's eventually martyred in 64 AD, beheaded by the notorious emperor Nero uh, for following Jesus. And then a year later in 65 AD, Peter is martyred. According to church tradition, he didn't feel he was worthy to be crucified like Jesus, so he asked his executioners if they would crucify him upside down, upside down because he wasn't worthy uh, to be crucified like his Lord. And so just two years after we uh, see this letter that we're studying, uh, Peter is executed, and the year before that, Paul was executed. Now, to whom was the book of 1 Peter written? Now, let's continue with verse 1. A Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered. To God's elect, I, I love those five words. To God's elect, exiles scattered. 
It was written to people temporarily residing on the earth, but whose home is in heaven. It was written to you, people temporarily residing on earth, but whose actual home is in heaven. Is that good news today? You are temporarily scattered across the earth, but your home is actually in, in heaven. To God's uh, exiles, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These are the Roman provinces north of the Taurus Mountains in what is today the nation of, of, of Turkey. And so let's put our, our map up there and you'll, uh, let's just point out these that it was written to. Here's, here's what is today is modern day Turkey. And so it was written to those in Pontus. It was written to those in Galatia. It was written to those in Cappadocia. It was written to those in Asia. And it was written to those in Bithynia. People temporarily residing on earth, but whose home is in heaven. People scattered. And that's just like us. That's just like us uh, here today. We as Purpose Church, we are scattered across the online, all of you watching online, wherever you are. We are God's people scattered online across all of Southern California, even different places in the country, even different places around the world. We're scattered in our watch groups. We're scattered in our, our, our life groups. And I want to tell you, those of you that are, that are watching online, we are scattered throughout the worship center. As a matter of fact, just show those online right now. This is what we call God's people scattered right here, all right? We are scattered across uh, the worship scene, even some up there in the balcony, scattered uh, across. Now, they were scattered by persecution, but we are scattered by COVID-19. Now, why was this book, uh, 1 Peter, why was it written? To give uh, them hope for hard times. Give them hope for hard times and to give us hope for hard times. How many of you just raise your hand if you need some hope for some hard times? And those of you watching online and at watch parties, raise your hand right now wherever you are if you need hope for hard times. Here are some of my favorite quotes on hope. And there's a bunch of them. I went crazy here, so please forgive me. Here are a bunch of my favorite quotes on, on hope. Uh, Desmond Tutu writes, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all the darkness. Uh, Anne Lamott writes, Hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the right thing, the dawn will come. You wait and watch and work and you don't give up. Maya Angelou writes, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I forget. Oh no, go back to Anna. Okay, this is for the girls on the front right there. There you go. This is for you guys, for the Stapleton girls. Uh, Anna, Princess Anna, or if you want me to do a, a spoiler alert, Queen Anna from Frozen 2. I watched that with my granddaughter. Emily just came back with her family uh, from Peru, and they just had two weeks of quarantine. And we celebrated uh, them coming out of quarantine by Emily for the 10th time and me for the first time. I, I think I'm the last grandparent in the United States to have watched Frozen 2. Okay, the last parent or grandparent in the United States, uh, maybe worldwide, to have watched Frozen, Frozen 2. So Princess Anna from Frozen, just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. You guys remember that, don't you? Just do the next right thing. Now, Maya Angelou, you will face many defeats in your life, but never let yourself be defeated. J.K. Rowling, I love this quote. Rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Isn't that a great quote? 
Rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And here's Maxime Lagasse. He's a, he's a hockey goalie, a professional hockey player. He says, fools give up after the first blow, the wise after the second, the wiser never. Boy, that, that, he's very poetic for a hockey guy, right? You know, I don't want to offend, I don't want to offend any hockey people here, all right, but man, that guy is like a more poet than hockey player there. And then this next one uh, by the most poetic and the most beautiful speaker ever, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Isn't that a great quote? We must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And then I love this one too, Harriet Beecher Stowe. When you get into a tight place and everything goes against you, till it seems as though you could not hang on a minute longer, never give up then, for that is just the place and the time that the tide will turn. Hang in there, Purpose Church. Wherever you are, hang in there, uh, Purpose Church. It just, just keep moving in the marathon that you're in. One foot in front of the other. Just, just keep moving on, and God will come through in the end. Um, you're going to see how shallow your pastor is. This silly poem has been such an encouragement to me during the pandemic. I just This silly poem just describes for me what I feel I'm going through and our family's going through, Kimberly and I and our family, what we're going through, maybe what you're going through as well. Two frogs fell into a deep cream bowl. One was an optimistic soul, but the other took the gloomy view. I shall drown, he cried, and so will you. So with a last despairing cry, he closed his eyes and said goodbye. But the other frog, with a merry grin, said, I can't get out, but I won't give in. I'll swim around till my strength is spent, for having tried, I'll die content. Bravely he swam until it would seem his struggles began to churn the cream. On the top of the butter, at last he stopped, and out of the bowl he happily hopped. What is the moral? It's easily found. If you can't get out, keep swimming around. And I find that so encouraging. If, if, you can't, if we can't get out of this pandemic, let's just, keep, let's just keep swimming around and see how God comes through. Hang on to hope, even when times are hard. Now, Peter is going to give us four hopes in this passage. The first one is the hope of heaven. Uh, continuing now with verse 2, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. That's the title, that's the title of our series, A Living Hope Through the Resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Now, I know sometimes people say, oh, they're so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. I want to tell you, it is only when you are heavenly-minded that you can be of earthly good. I love what Pastor Eric preached a few weeks ago. He, when he was preaching through the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he said, we're on our way to heaven, but meanwhile, let's do everything we can to make 
earth a little more like heaven. And so it's when we're heavenly minded that we can be of earthly good. This is the time to hang on to the hope of heaven for dear life. Anybody want to say amen to that? This is the time to hang on for dear life to the hope of heaven. And then in the meantime, make earth a little bit more like heaven. Revelation 7 verse 13, uh, John is given a vision of heaven. Then one of the elders asked me, these people in white robes, who are they and where'd they come from? That's going to be us. I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. We are in tribulation. Someday there will be a great tribulation. But I think it speaks to all of us. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, that is Jesus. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb, Jesus, at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Someday, God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Every tear of frustration from the pandemic. Every tear from those that get sick with COVID-19 uh, during the time of pandemic. Every tear from a lost job that happened, happens from the recession out of the pandemic. Every tear caused by uh, racial injustice. Every tear caused from, from racial prejudice. Every tear of fear from the spouse of someone in law enforcement. Someday, he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. Hang on to that hope. Now you're asking, how can I have that hope of heaven? How can I know that I'm going to heaven? How, do I, how can I know that I have that hope to hang on to? It's as simple as three phrases. Sorry, thank you, and please. God, I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on, on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for that. Oh, oh, Jesus, please come into my heart. Forgive my sins and show me how to follow you for the rest of my life. Sorry, thank you, and please. There was a man crucified next to Jesus. And in the last few minutes of his life, he simply said those three things. Sorry, thank you, and please. Uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 41. Uh, he, he turns to this other man who had been uh, yelling at Jesus. And he says about himself, we are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. He said, God, I'm sorry. The reason I'm on this cross right now is because of the stuff I have done. I deserve to be here. We are punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But then he says, thank you. He turns to Jesus and he says, but this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross even though you have done nothing wrong. And then he says, please. Then he said, Jesus, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And for those three simple phrases, sorry, thank you, and please, Jesus turns to him in verse 43 and answers him, truly I tell you, today you're gonna be with me in paradise. And so right now, wherever you're watching online, 
or whatever, if you're, if you're here in the worship center or, or wherever you might be at a watch party, right now you can just, in the quietness of this moment, you can just pray with me. Oh, dear God, I'm sorry for the sin in my life and how I've wronged other people and wronged you. But Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. Please, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, forgive my wrongdoing, and show me how to follow you for the rest of my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen. And then the second hope that Peter gives us is the hope of protection. Verse five, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. Now we're all doing everything we can to protect ourselves uh, from the coronavirus, right? We, we just, uh, together as a nation, as a world, we're doing everything we can to protect ourselves. And, and, and today we've taken all the precautions we possibly can to protect ourselves. But you know, there is something we need to be worried about way more than the coronavirus. Um, remember this about COVID-19. You are immortal until your work for Christ is done. You, you are immortal. You are bulletproof until God's purpose and meaning has been fulfilled through your life. Just remember that. And there's something to be more worried about. Jesus said in Matthew 10, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Now he would say take precautions like we're taking, but that shouldn't be our ultimate fear, should not be COVID-19. Because that can only kill the, bo the, the body. It just gets us to heaven quicker is all it does. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so let us take our fear and concern for others in COVID-19. And let us multiply by 100 for our concern for those around us that don't have the vaccine of Christ for the disease of sin. That is the real fear that we should have. This should motivate us. Let's multiply our efforts of precautions for others and for ourselves for COVID-19. Let's multiply that times a thousand for those around us that have the, the disease, the virus of sin, but do not yet have the vaccine of the death of Jesus Christ. Uh, and then the third hope Peter gives us is the hope of transformation. He says in verse 6, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He considers our suffering, and he was writing to people that were suffering greatly. And Peter himself was executed just a couple of years later, crucified upside down. But he considers it just suffering for a little while compared to eternity in heaven. One of my favorite athletes is Usain Bolt. And Usain Bolt uh, took uh, 9.8 seconds uh, to win the gold medal at the 2016 uh, Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. And he covered 100 meters in 9.8 Now, what if I whispered to him the whole time, Usain, it hurts too much. Stop, stop. Usain, you're losing, Usain, you're losing your breath. Usain, you're going to be wiped out. You're going to be tired. Usain. He turned to me and said, Glenn, you're a fool. Because this brief moment of suffering, this brief moment of, of pain, of exertion, of, of being out of breath, is nothing compared to the glory of the gold medal. And the same is true for us. We suffer for a little while 
for future glory and eternity in heaven. Verse seven, these have come so that the genuine, the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, uh, as gold is heated, impurities float to the top and they're skimmed off to make the gold refined and more pure. And as we go through this trial uh, together, uh, God is working in our lives to make us more and more like Jesus. And then the fourth hope, the final hope Peter gives us, is the hope of legacy. Now, I want to just let you know, and, um, and for the pastors here, like Pastor Don and the other pastors I see, Pastor Greg, all the pastors out here, I know I'm taking a tiny little thing that is probably not one of the major meanings out of these five verses. I know I'm just snatching a tiny little word out that I believe is a word for Purpose Church. Uh, it's not one of the major points of this passage. It's just a little word. Uh, verse 8, he says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So these prophets from hundreds, sometimes thousands of years before, were given these prophecies, not that they would see the fulfillment of the prophecies, but so that the people later on, 2,000 years or thousands of years or hundreds of years later, would see the fulfillment of the prophecies of Christ. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. That's the phrase I want to lift out. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. This is the word from God for Purpose Church going through the coronavirus pandemic during our 150th anniversary year. It has been revealed that we are not serving ourselves, but we're serving future generations. We are not surviving this time just for ourselves. We are surviving this for future generations as well. We're, we're going through this and figuring out new ways to reach people for Christ, to make uh, adjustments in our strategy. We are doing all this not just surviving it, but thriving doing it, not just for ourselves, but for future generations as well. And we will discover new ways for a new day to fulfill our vision of everyone, everywhere, following Jesus. And all God's family, wherever you are, wherever you are, and all God's family said, amen and amen.